Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted by Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. Our guest today has such a passion for sharing information that she started her own podcast, Wag Out Loud, among other avenues for sharing all her great info. Krista Karpowicz is passionate about providing tips and advice so you can be the best advocate for your dog's health and wellness. Hello, I'm Billy Grimm, your host and successful dogologist for over three decades and expert in canine cognitive behavioral therapy. And hello, Krista. How are you? Billy, it's great to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited about this one because you have such a oh, such an interesting learning journey and career path and where everything started from. But before we get into that, where did it start? Where was this? you're just on like a mission to educate and it's so wonderful and you've helped so many dogs. Where did all this stem from? I think the day I was born, (laughs) I just, I was born a dog lover. Seriously. We've had dogs my entire life, all different sizes. Uh, I had a English bull Mastiff when I was teeny tiny in diapers and I would ride her around the house because she was pretty much a horse. (laughs) But I have always loved, loved, loved dogs. And it wasn't until my previous dog, we're talking maybe 15, 16 years ago, Higgins. He was a Norwich Terrier and was having seizures. Three different vets couldn't figure out why. And at the same time, we were getting another dog, an adult dog, a Norfolk Terrier, Pixel, And those people said, we're not going to sell her to you unless you promise to feed raw because she, that's all she knows is raw fed diet. So I fed her and I fed Higgins raw. Were you familiar with raw? I was not. I was feeding just like everybody else, a kibble diet. uh, Because that's what we were supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I switched Higgins to raw as well. It was convenient since she was getting raw. And he never had another seizure. So that was the light bulb moment when I said, wow, nutrition, that really plays a huge role. So I researched raw diets and mixed it up for them, you know, the different amino acids from different proteins. And fast forward to just 2018 with my current dog, Winston, who is also a Norwich, (laughs) uh, out for a dog walk one day. And it just hit me. I need to become certified in canine nutrition. I just want to learn more. I want to do it right. So when you looked into getting certified, which I think more important, you just, yeah, you wanted to do it right. You want to educate yourself. Did you find it difficult to find the the schools and the resources that focused on raw or non-conventional uh one you know information that perhaps your vet was giving you you mentioned a, a few minutes ago that your vet you had gone to your vet a number of times and that the advice that they were providing was perhaps slightly effective or whatever but not what you were looking for so did you find it difficult to find the resources on what you now do? 
At that time, it was difficult because they were lumping dogs with cats. And I was just, I was just wanting to get basic canine nutrition. I didn't want to go into specifically raw at that time. I just wanted to know about the anatomy and the physiology and the biology Ah. and the chemistry of how the dog's body works and how they thrive with a nutritionally balanced diet. So Everything I was finding was dogs and cats. And as you know, Billy, cats are literally a different animal. So to find one that was just canine specific, um, I just, you know, had to look a little further, but I found it and it was the Companion Animal Science Institute and they are in Canada. And I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So took me a year. That's quite an intensive course from what I understand. It is. That is like. Yeah. Yeah, it blew my mind, but it was so good and I learned so much. So, yeah, that's what that, I decided to do. That is impressive. So, yeah, your what you were researching was not necessarily about a specific diet. It was about why a condition that a dog might have might occur based on their system and their their gut, I guess. I, I read a lot of your posts. I love your posts. They're so informative. Um, so yeah, I hear that word gut a lot. Mm-hmm. As you know, it's not my area of expertise at all, but there's certain words that come up in, in every areas. And that just seems to be a real. So is that is that the main reason? What What is it so good about raw? I like feeding raw because, well, let's face it. of the DNA of the domesticated dog is shared with the gray wolf, their closest descendant, their ancestor. Mm -hmm. So they are, they're still dogs with the wolf body. Everything is the same. And if you put a bowl of kibble versus a, let's say a rabbit in front of a wolf, I think he's going to pick the rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to guess. Yes, that um, is a fair guess. Yes. So raw food is is a species-appropriate diet. It has the muscle meat, the bone, the organs are where all the vitamins and minerals are. And it's a live food as opposed to a highly processed food like a dry kibble, it's live, it's live enzymes. And kibble is processed at such a high heat that all the vitamins and minerals are cooked out of it and have to be added back in as a synthetic vitamin mix. So if we want to talk about a species appropriate natural diet, I prefer raw. Some people, they don't want to go there. And that's fine. So I, I would say the second best way to feed our dogs is a fresh food diet cooked. Yes. And for me, uh, what I'm hearing and what really resonates with me is that process of dehydration. And I think, again, not my area of expertise, but I have a lot of clients who have tried different kibbles, different forms of kibbles, different forms of de- and. Uh, I learned a while ago, you know, maybe it's just that from, from an expert, that process of dehydration, it's, it's that actual process and then having to put back in the nutrients. And so they were 
frantically and they have probably 30, well, you've probably heard the story a ton. People have dozens of different uh, bags of food or they're giving the bag of food or they tried this one or their dog ate it for a week or their dog ate it once and it was, you know, caused this or caused that or it worked for a bit and didn't. And then it, it seems like that once they just get away from that process, um, and I see it a little bit, if you were to compare it to humans, like deep, deep fried, like eating deep fried food. I call it cereal. If we eat okay. crunch every single day, it's there you pretty go. much, it's a bowl of inflammation. That's what we're feeding to our dogs. But okay. I don't want to shame anybody, Billy. I am right. not here. I was that person feeding kibble. Yeah. And, you know, I talk to people, well, I've got five great Danes. I can't afford to feed a fresh food diet. Okay. Whatever you can do in your means, you can always add to that kibble. You can add sardines and water. You can add scrambled eggs, chopped right. greens, and it's going to make all the difference when they get at least a little bit of fresh food in their diet on top of the kibble. So I like that. I like that. uh, Well, as you know, I'm holistic, but also you you do have to be a bit flexible and and not just be preaching to people all the time. Not you, everybody in the dog world. I think there's a lot of preaching and, and people telling what they have and have, but at some point people are people and they're real and they have their own situations and their own preferences. So education allows them to fit that into their world as, as it works for them. And I love that you gave some ideas because it's easy for us to say raw. I mean, it's a three letter word, right? Raw. Mm -hmm. But what does that really mean? And you just made it so simple there. You know, we've got, got some eggs and just, just people food that isn't, you know, deep fried and right. <laughs> potato chips. Yeah, no, <laughs> Captain Crunch Sear Hill. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense. It really does. So you did hit on a point that it can be pricey. Okay. <laughs> Let's back up. I say you either pay now there or pay, la- pay later. You know, yes, uh, a fresh food or raw food diet is going to be a little more expensive. There's ways to not make it so expensive. You know, they've got raw food co-ops everywhere. Just Google it, a raw dog food co-op near me. But the commercial brands that are out today are amazing. They're complete. They're balanced. They're frozen. You don't have to touch it. Don't worry about bacteria. That's a whole nother myth. Um, You know, as long as you feed them and it's not sitting out for hours and it's not sitting on your counter directly, you know, you have to be smart about it, just like any raw meat that you make for yourself. But there's so many great options out there. It does not have to be expensive. But as I said, if you can't afford it, feed a kibble as a base and just add to it. You know, I mentioned sardines and water. You can get like three tins for $3 at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It's loaded with the good omega fatty acids that dogs need and Mm -hmm. they love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And eggs, eggs are. Eggs, the world's most perfect protein. Yeah, I, Yeah. yeah, yeah. As I am obviously vegetarian. 
and do as much vegan as possible. But I do, my body just loves eggs Mm -hmm. and I feed them to my dogs all the time. Oh, lucky dogs. Yeah, (laughs) I just think, and they're not, well, I mean, we're talking to people all over the world. So, you know, whether I think that's another issue too, is what, what is available to people. Um, But like you said, there's, uh, you know, there's even stuff goes on sale in your grocery store, you know, just, just take it and, and, and just be creative depending on what's on sale that day that you go shopping and then mix it in with your, your kibble. Uh, so do you find that, do you, do you have stats on how many people feed raw and and that kind of thing, or do you find it becoming more popular and more well known? Definitely becoming more popular. I think the average dog owner is getting smarter. They're yeah. researching more. You know, the reason for my show is for you to be the best advocate for your dog's health and wellness. And so many more people are riding on that train now. They mm-hmm. they've got it. They mm-hmm. they understand about sustainability. And sourcing, where do you source your ingredients? Or is it USA? Um, of course, in a perfect world, anything organic and mm-hmm. pasture raised, pasture finished, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. But again, we can't always, all of us, afford that. So we have to do the best that we can. We mentioned mixing with kibble. There was a study that just adding leafy greens to a dog's kibble three times a week decreased their chances of certain cancers in over 97% of the dogs tested. It's huge. And we're just talking like get frozen spinach, frozen kale. Now dogs cannot break down the cellulose fiber and plant fiber. They just can't. So when you feed your dog a, a baby carrot, it comes back out the other end of baby carrot. <laughs> they cannot digest it. But if you either lightly steam it or put it in a Cuisinart and pulverize it, that breaks down the cell wall and they can digest it. So it's super easy just to add leafy greens. Dogs love fruit, but you don't want to give a lot because it does have sugar, even though it's natural. But oh my gosh, apples, pears, berries, bananas. Dogs go bananas for bananas. Yes, they do. (laughs) So there's so much that we can help with the nutrition that they're getting by just adding a few things. And the reason I'm saying adding to kibble is because kibble does have all the nutrients they need. It's complete and balanced even though it's synthetic. And that's why adding some fresh food to that base would be better than just straight kibble. And truthfully, kibble is expensive too. It, it can be quite expensive. So well, you're you right, Billy. Be- <laughs> a lot of people don't realize once you open a bag of kibble, it will go rancid within two weeks. Hmm. And people continue to feed that. And I mean, you're feeding your dogs a carcinogenic meal if if you have rancid kibble. So it doesn't last that long and you have to feed more of it. You know, for my 15 pound dog, Winston, he would be fed a lot less volume wise in raw because it's dense 
And to your point, it has water, it has moisture. Whereas the kibble, you have to feed more of, and therefore they have more poo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's logical with human food as well, right? When we it is, it it all translates. You're absolutely right. It really yep. does. It's it's a lot logical. On the same note, your podcast offers so much information. So people can go there, listen to your uh Wag Out Loud podcast and find out all this information. And as well, can they contact you if they have questions? Absolutely. I love connecting with fellow dog lovers. So please reach out. Just go to wagoutloud.com. Uh, we've got resources on there. And this week was, I think, number 131 that was episodes released. Wonderful. So the experts on the show just share amazing information. I learn every single day. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for all you do. And thank you for sharing that with us, Krista. And uh, yeah, you know, we will keep in touch and Hopefully people will reach out and check out your podcast and take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, Billy. And I can't wait to have you on the podcast. It's going to be amazing. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thanks, Krista. Take care. Have Wish a great day. You, Billy. And I'm the kind of girl can roll like a guy, but I really don't know. If you're ready for the ride, I'm champagne. I adore Krista. She's truly having such a positive effect and helping so many people and dogs. As we talked about, there is so much information out there. It's simply overwhelming. How do you know where to start? Well, what I really like about my guests is their overall mindset of being flexible, finding what works best for your dog and your lifestyle. That's so important. If the person or the resource you're getting information from is really rural-oriented or set on one specific way of doing something, you may want to question that. And this may sound ironic coming from me because as an expert in canine cognitive behavioral therapy, I only use canine cognitive behavioral therapy when I work with dogs. But this doesn't mean I don't recognize the value and benefits and necessities of other non-aversive methods. So instead of asking who the best trainer is, Ask yourself what your goals are and does the method that trainer use meet your goals? All trainers, or most, address the same issues. Some specialize in a certain behavior, but the important part is not the behavior or the problem, but rather the solution. And that solution is not the same for everyone. And often the best resource for knowing what is best for your dog is your dog. This also goes for walking tools and vet care and treats, and there's not one right product or service. Your dog will let you know the best food, method, tool, or treat, or approach for them. Flexibility is key. Please reach out to any of the experts I have as guests on this podcast. And please reach out to Krista for advice on your dog's health and wellness. The links are in the show notes. Please email me with any questions to billy at upwarddogology.com. Thank you for your support. Please follow Upward Dogology on Instagram and Twitter. And on LinkedIn, my account is Billy Groom. Thanks to Brian John Harwood and Danielle Borgiard for the music clips. Enjoy your learning journey. Yeah, I wish I could hear what you're thinking. You can't say the words, but buddy, I'm listening. Just know that I'll never stay mad. You're still my good boy.